This is Boomer in the Morning with Ryan Pinder on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Already Wednesday, everybody. We're into it. First week of June. And it's another one of those things. You know what kind of what time of year it is when you look at the you look at yours like what's this? Wait a minute. Regular season CFL football? Is it in are they playing in uh in a bubble? In are they in Winnipeg? No. Bubbled up? No. No. No, no, no. Well, it'd be great to go to a game. Too bad that uh, no fans are allowed at the uh Let me stop you there, boom. Oh, what's that? Fans are allowed. Is that right? Yes, sir. So life as we know it is back. Just say yeah. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. See, that's the kind of feel good. That's the positive vibes we're looking for. Yeah, for sure. And how great it is to have our next guest back. The uh, the text line to be, they've been kind of sniffing around. When uh, are you guys getting Dave back? When's Dave coming back? When are you going to be talking to Dave? Well, here it is. Wednesdays, all season long, head coach Dave Dickinson, our guest here in the show. Dave, good morning, buddy. Long time. How are you? I'm good. It's, uh, it's good to be back. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. It's so... Does it? How does it feel for you? Because I, I got to admit, it kind of snuck up on me a little bit. I know that there was the you know the CBA and we got strikes and this all sort of thing, and maybe that kind of uh, diverted my attention, perhaps. But here we are, game one tomorrow. Uh, I know you're ready, but did it happen uh, quickly for you? Yeah, there was this other sport called hockey that seemed to have a lot of attention going on too. And Weird. Still yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was sad when uh, Daryl and the boys weren't able to punch through, but uh, sometimes I, I know with ourselves, uh, you know, the focus on CFL in the summer is kind of when the hockey season ends, uh, people like, what's next? And I'm hoping that uh, McMahon tomorrow night is what's next on their plate so they can show up and uh, uh, hopefully watch a great football game. I know when we talked last year, the thing with, with the Calgary Stampeders, every single year, perennially, you lose a lot of talent. And sometimes it's on the sideline in terms of coaching staff. Sometimes it's guys from obviously on the field in players. How would you, how would you describe this year? We know the Corey Mace is gone and saying there's, there's some key pieces that are gone, but have you, it sure seems like you've been able to retain a lot of key components this year as compared to years of past. Yeah. I thought last year, honestly, we, we were in a cycle that we had to make a bunch of changes and uh, it gets a little scary, uh, certainly, because you're losing a lot of those veterans, those guys you trust. Uh, but you do get younger, and you try to find some good young talent. And I think we did that. I do. I think uh, not only do we have some veterans that are going to help us, uh, I think we've got some good, hungry, young talent. So they're still young, too. So, you know, ultimately, uh, I think there's improving to do. And, and uh, I feel good about where we're where we're at and I also feel good about where we can get to so a lot of excitement which most teams should have if they don't they're in trouble um, but we're excited to get going and see what we can do on the field offensively obviously Bo Levi and Jake May- Jake Mayer come back we'll talk about them in a moment uh, Kadeem Carey how would you describe his year uh, it, 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 it was was it a slow start it was one of those things just as, as a fan and I'm just a dumb fan I sit and I watch the games and I felt like some nights that I le- maybe if wa- left wanting more with Kadeem Carey. And then I'd, I'd listen to you and I'd listen to the team. And, no, we're very happy with, with how Carey played. We're very pleased. And then as the season, of course, goes along, he then busts through and, and is, a, is a key uh, contributor for you. From, from last year, your thoughts on Carey and what he's poised to do this year? 
Well, I think when you're winning, your running backs will get better games because you can now kind of grind it out and you give more touches. And he was, to me, he was the guy that was stirring the drink last year. And when we were winning, it was because Kadeem was playing well. And it really wasn't, uh, uh, I mean, there's defensive guys playing, our special teams playing well. But I thought offensively, Kadeem uh, made everything kind of work. So he's an exciting guy to me. If you ever get to know him, I hope you get him on your show too. Uh, just one of the guys I think you grow to love. He's, he's got four kids. He's just loving the game. He's just basically to be straight up. He he's up here just playing football for the love and you can just see it. It's infectious. He, he got tons of energy. Uh, the only knock on him, I should probably knock on some wood is in the past has been injuries. And, um, when he's healthy, I think he's one of the best in the league. Well, no wonder he's an angry runner. When you got four kids at home, you get to take out your aggression on the football field. It's perfect. Yeah, and he, uh, yeah, I think maybe he enjoys coming to Canada. A little quiet time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry, babe. I got to go to work. We've all been there. Reggie Bagleton kind of highlights and, and leads as far as name value. And I, I just think right across the board, as far as your receivers, a, a full opportunity for him, aside from the work stoppage and that, but really a chance to prepare for training camp, be in game shape, be ready and start the year as opposed to uh, to how he joined the team kind of mid, uh, mid-schedule last year. What do you see from Bagleton? Of course, he's no stranger here. He's another year older, but I, I know a lot of people really look at this guy as someone who could lead the league. Yeah, I mean, he, when he came back, I mean, he did have uh, two of his three games or over 100 yards, and, uh, and then he had another big one in the playoffs. So, uh, you know, a lot of guys that come back from the NFL struggle. They just don't seem to find their footing right away. Maybe their body composition has changed, their size has changed, trying to get bigger uh, to fit the NFL game. But he didn't really slow down at all. So the key for me now is to keep using him in different ways. I think that Reggie is a versatile player that can run multiple routes. One thing about him, no one's going to outwork him. And uh, you could see that in training camp as well. So I do think, yeah, he's got a chance to to kind of get that big number. But he's very unselfish. He just wants to win. And those are the type of guys we want. Dave Dickinson, head coach of the Stamps, our guest here on Sportsnet, Matty Rose. Dave, just to jump off that and ask about another receiver in Kamar Jordan, I was talking to him on Tuesday, and one of the things that he mentioned was this was the first offseason where he actually got to go through his full offseason regiment just because of injuries or whatever else it had been for the last five-ish seasons. What have you seen from Kamar Jordan as kind of the other half of that tandem in your receiving core? Well, I think he just enjoying life so much by playing and you know like you said he's kind of in a good spot with his family and um the city and uh, you know i do think we kind of him and reggie are going to be our pillars and then we got to find the other pieces though we got to get production from other people and i do think those guys consistently will be there for us and uh, like you said we'll lean on him um you know he's a good not he's pretty much underrated player in my opinion still because he's got size speed he can block. Uh, he's one of the better hands in the league. So all things, in my opinion, that put him up there with the top receivers. And, and now it's just about opportunity. And I think you'll obviously get that in our offense. I think something that you've mentioned a couple times already, it's the, the guys that really are enjoying camp up to this point, getting ready for the season, Kamar Jordan, Kadeem Carey. And it's something that I've really noticed in Bolivai Mitchell. He just seems to have a little bit of a a different mindset around camp today. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, it's, you know, I, I really believe all of us uh, were excited to get back to work. And all the other noise that was out there, uh, I really believe the guys did not focus on that, meaning 
indecision of the CBA and people talking this and that. And we just felt like, let's go to work, have fun, be around the guys. You know, it's, that's why you play football. It keeps you young and or younger in my case. But uh, I do think it is, it's you get around the guys that you enjoy spending time with because you do spend a ton of time with these guys. And, um, you know, I really think we've got a good mix, hard workers, but guys that love the game. So that's hopefully going to take us a long way this year. Do you like the way that uh, your quarterback room is set up right now with Jake Mayer behind him and Tommy Stevens kind of being the, the third guy right now? Well, I mean, we have on camp. We've been rotating back and forth with Jake and Bo, and I think both have done an excellent job. And uh, Tommy, on the uh, on the other hand, was in a battle. And, and I was looking for something different. I was looking for a guy that had a skill set that was different than Bo and Jake. And uh, I think, Tommy, I, I found that. Now I just got to keep building him as a quarterback, really. One of the things that uh, you did mention, and you, you've talked about it a little bit with the CBA and all of that, your group had different situation than some of the other teams in the CFL in the sense you were remained on the practice field when other teams were striking. But at this point, gone through camp, getting ready for week one, and you kind of mentioned it on Tuesday, you feel like maybe it's been a little bit of a detriment to your group at this point. Well, I don't want to sandbag too much on that. I mean, there, there was some advantages for sure, but, it, you know, I what. What I'm saying by that is camp can be really tough physically on people. Uh, um, basically, they're not sleeping as well. Their their muscles are sore all the time. And we really wanted to try to get into this game playing fast, but we had a six-day turnover. We went up to Edmonton. We played a tough game. Uh, it feels like it was a little bit, uh, I guess, compressed. Everything kind of put into a tight, tight little schedule. So one thing I, I felt like is we've had quite a few little things, muscle pulls. We've got a little bit of illness in our team and, uh, the guys that have to play, I know, are going to be exhausted by the end of it because you just can't get into 60-minute game shape without actually playing. So that's one of the things I'll look for and, and have to monitor big time tomorrow, and hopefully we can get her done. wanted to ask you about Jalen Philpott, and I know he hasn't been able to participate much. He was injured really early in rookie camp and is kind of working his way back. But even in those kind of working his way back situations and being around the team, what have you noticed from your first-round pick in his first CFL training camp? No, I'm probably going to have to pull a Daryl on this one and just say not much. Yeah. Um, I'm just, there's not much to say. Uh, he needs to get himself back on the field. We're a professional team. We we certainly will be there for him, and we're trying to help him. But at this point, he's got to get on the field and show us what he can do. So I really don't have much to comment on that, and that's pretty rare, I know. But uh, he needs to get healthy and take care of himself, but just haven't seen anything. So he is working hard still in the meetings and all that, but – as a pro, I need to see it on the field, so I'll be waiting for that. And the last one for me, and and it's kind of more of a, a big-picture thing, and it has to do with the Stampeders. I was talking to Raheem Wilson earlier in camp, who's made Calgary his full-time home, talking to him about the offseason. I know there's several Stampeders who have, who have done that as well. You've kind of made the move. Calgary's your home. It's been that for a long time now. But what does that say kind of about the organization that the players are – not only choosing to re-sign with the team, but choosing to make this city home. That's, that's how you're going to be the best team you can be because uh, guys that are around each other and do things in the offseason, you know, you fight a little harder for your for a friend or someone you consider almost like extended family. And uh, I believe that when the Stamps were at their best, you know, guys were staying, getting jobs, a lot of them in the patch. And that just kind of went away. It just kind of went away. And also – 
Um, you know, there is a, there is some things, obviously, um, the, you know, cost of living and, and those type of things that I know in the U.S. guys, you know, if they have a house in Texas, it's pretty cheap. Uh, so it's, I guess, pluses and minuses. I'm glad the guys are here. I know Trey is here. There's a lot of guys, you're right, that have decided that this is a place to raise a family. This is a place that they want to spend their time. And I've always felt that. I love the city. I just think it's got a lot going on for it and uh, happy that they're here. And then that way, I think we'll be a better team. Dave Dickinson joining us here on Sportsnet 960. The a lot of the success for Bo Levi or Kadeem Carey, it's gonna it's gonna go hand in hand with your offensive line. It's always uh, move, you know, it's a moving. It's a always a moving target, I guess. A bit of a fluid situation. How do you feel about where your O line is at going into tomorrow? Yeah, I like it actually. I like our group. Um, you know, the big one for us is Derek Dennis. Just got to get back to playing at that All Star level and um, just be himself. Uh, but he's got to have, he's got to compete, you know, like one of the things about it is as you get a little older, your body does maybe not function at the highest level that it used to, but your mind should be functioning at a higher level than it ever should be. And the guy he's working with, I think he's comfortable with, we do have good, you know, we have good basically balance. We've got some young players, uh, some guys that are in their second and third years of starting. And then we've got the vets. Uh, if you put Derek with uh, both Sean and Steve. So I do think uh, it's a nice group. It's we're not, super deep uh you know i want these guys hopefully um playing together multiple games so they can build that relationship and keep that continuity from an athlete standpoint obviously you can speak to this i don't know if this is the exact raise his level to raise your level as a not just as a as an athlete but as an aging athlete maybe specifically for Derek dennis or did you face something similar in your career where it's just miles on the chassis. Things change. It takes longer to to recoup from injuries and just for the bumps and bruises to go away. For Derek Dennis or for you, what what does that literally entail? Is it more time off or is it treating your body better away from the the field? How does that go? Uh, for me, it entailed a new hip. <laughs> that was the that was what I needed to to start feeling a little bit better, but. Mainly, to be honest with you, you got to take care of your body differently, and you got to make sure it's a priority. And I know offensive line, maybe the body isn't always a priority, but you have to understand that um, you know you work smart, and uh, the effort has to, will be there. Um, but ultimately, uh, you have to take your entire week, plan it out, and make sure your body is is able to function at the level it needs to. Because you know, it's just you're going against. I really believe in the CFL. The probably the best athlete or some of the best athletes on the entire field are defensive ends. The stuff they can do at the size they are is amazing. So uh, that's why Derek's got to be at, uh, ready to roll. And you know, he came into camp. He committed. He's he's in good shape. Um, it's just camp. You know, over and over and over reps. Those. You know, the knees get sore. So I think it'll be good for him to get into a, a regular schedule, a regular season, and, and kind of get used to what it's going to look like. And, and that way he knows what to expect and take care of his body. One of the key losses for your team, it was a great year for Darnell Sankey, led the league in defensive tackles last year. He goes to Saskatchewan. You've got Jamar Thurman, who is uh, much beloved in your locker room. Cameron Judge comes in. This th- There's a real chance here. I feel like the... The opportunity for these two to be a, a, one of the best one-two punches at that middle and, and weak side linebacker, it's, uh, I, I look forward to watching this. I think these two are going to feast. Yeah, I mean, they're moving inside. I wasn't sure how it was going to work out, um, but Cam is built for the edge and the outside, so we did that, and it's been good. Um, 
you know, Sanks is kind of one of those weird things. He, um, you know, because 2020 didn't happen, it actually burned a year off his contract. So usually when we get a guy and he only plays one year, you know, you'll have an opportunity to at least keep him for two years. Uh, but that didn't happen. But I do feel good about our linebackers, and I think we've got some depth there. I do. I think our Canadian depth's excellent. I think our Americans, we've got two guys, uh, Silas Stewart and his shack. Uh, uh, I think that two American linebackers, I think, that can push and be good players as well. So uh, I really have no worries about that position. I think they they got good leadership. they they got good skill, and they're tough. So, uh, as you said, I think we'll be, have a couple good linebackers on the field at all times. We were at a it wasn't really a charity event. We were at a at an event. It was a Flames game this season. I think you guys were there too. I think you were in a suite and the beer was flowing and we did couldn't get a chance to see you guys cuz you weren't leaving your suite anytime soon. Anyway, neither here nor there. But uh up and watching the game with some of your guys, Mike Rose was there. And I mean, how don't you love this guy? He's a personality, he's a character, and he's a hell of a football player. And uh we were just talking about the year and I said to him, I said I I feel like Dave is Dick, I feel like Dickinson's tough on you. And he says, yeah, yeah, he is. It's it, like it's, it's tough love, and sometimes uh, coaches or parents or whatever, they're harder on those when they know that they can take it and when they're capable of doing more, when they're capable of maybe elevating their game and their stock. Is that fair with, with Mike Rose? Because he knows it. He knows that you, you give it to him, and you, there's no, <laughs> like you'll, you'll call him out, but it's because he's capable of quite a bit on the field. Well, there is love there. There is love there for sure. And, uh, uh, you know, Mike was frustrated with me because, uh, you know, he was just taking too many penalties early last year. His talent's there. And he's an all-in committed guy. And uh, I do remember that game, though, because I think Corey was was running his deal over there. We were kitty corner. Um, (laughs) Flames put up nine. Everyone was chanting, we won 10. That's right, yeah. Fun fun games. But, uh, you know, I do think for Mike – him and I, I think, have a really co- quite tight relationship, actually. So it, I may be uh, a little tougher on him, but that's, it's mainly because um, I just feel that we have a bond and that we uh, we can talk man, man to man and we can expect a lot out of each other. And to me, that's that's a good relationship. So love having him on the team. Like I said, hopefully he has a big year this year. Yeah, and honestly, I, you can pick up from that. I think it goes both ways. You can tell that there's a real... Uh, love for for you of him and uh, he did say I just I just gotta be smarter I just I can't can't be flipping my lid out there I get fired up and I take a penalty and then Dickie's mad and it's no good it's ah oh. <laughs> so I mean it's <laughs> it's it's hilarious really that's it's like having uh, just a young rambunctious uh, male on your on the football team real stunner you right? the yeah. Exact, yeah you then you have probably the uh Exact, not opposite, but I don't think Derek Wiggins has ever taken a penalty. And those two, you know, are like basically best friends. So uh, they'll be at it again in, in 22 and uh, getting getting after quarterbacks, hopefully. Your corners, uh, Trey Roberson, Jonathan Moxie. These, uh, you, you like athletes. It's one of the more athletic positions you need on, on the defense and in the secondary. It feels like you're you're pretty well set there as well. You know, young guys still, but uh, obviously Roberson, a veteran coming back. You're in good hands. It feels like at the corner. Yeah, I don't I don't think you're going to be able to get into a weird formation and isolate those guys. I just think they're they're playing really well right now. They're confident. Um, they're definitely different types of players. Um, but you know, Mox really came through in the in the West semi. Had a huge game, three interceptions, and his confidence kind of went through the roof. But you will get humbled very quickly as a defensive back. So you got to stay working. You got to 
stay on top of things. Trey, on the other hand, I thought when he came back, his knee was bothering him a little bit. I didn't feel like he was quite the same guy. And I think he's so excited to, to kind of get back to that, that guy he was and, and start making those game-changing plays. So uh, very confident in our corners. And yet, going against CFL receivers, and especially Montreal now, you'll see some of the best. Uh, they will get beaten. They just got to keep working and stay humble, but uh, stay confident. A year ago, you start one and four and then finish seven wins and two losses. So a bit of a slip out of the gate. When you look back at it now, was that is that a product of COVID and the, the shortened season and all of that? Or did you learn something there that you can now kind of bring to this year? Uh, let's see. I Personally, I'm not too sure I want to look back. That's, that's last year. Uh, wasn't a wasn't a year that I really look back and have a lot of fond memories on. It was a tough, tough year just overall. Uh, so we're really working hard to look for. Now, a lot of those, you've got to make sure the things that you, you learn, you take to the next season. But uh, I do think it'll be a different year, and I think that we'll uh, hopefully get a better start. And, um, you know, it's just football is so important. They're so uh, to determine your success on uh, continuity and keeping the guys basically growing and um, yes, you have depth and you have this and that, but you are so dependent on keeping the guys playing together and staying healthy, and you're just never, never sure where it's going to go. So that's why you got to win early, win early, get off to the good start, put yourself in a better position so you don't have to rally like we did last year just to make the playoffs, and hopefully we have a better result uh, at the end of the year. There's a lot of people uh, league-wide, media fans, really kind of curious to see how this uh, Stampeder quarterback situation goes. So obviously... Bo Levi, another year older, but he's the face of the franchise. He's coming back with a shoulder and all of that. I, I know that perfect world, Bo starts, he plays every game, and you guys roll. Uh, what's your read on Bo? And just as from a coaching standpoint, you know there's going to be hiccups and how you feel you have to maybe navigate because all of a sudden Jake Mayer, he's not an unknown. He's not just the backup. You've been able to see what he's capable of doing, and we know that it's, uh, he's, he's impressive. Yeah, I think both guys um, certainly have handled this extremely well. And uh, as a coach, I'm actually feeling very fortunate that I have such depth at that position with guys that I know I can win football games with. That's when you get a little nervous when you're when you're not sure. But uh, it's a luxury. It's uh, something I'll have to manage as far as, um, you know, if it isn't going the way I want, what do I do? But uh, <laughs> I'll wait until yeah. those moments happen. Otherwise, I'll just stress myself out. But I, I'm a very honest person with these guys, and they are, they are uh, giving that back to me. We're just out there to win a game. Um, we do think our quarterbacks, I, I do it by the end of the year, I think we'll have some of the best production in the whole league at that position. And uh, I, I have a lot of faith and a lot of trust in both those guys. So do you do much pre-scouting going into week one against the team from from the east, or do you just worry more about what you guys need to do? Nah, we've looked at a lot, actually. They have two, I'm sure. But you're not really sure what they're going to do. But one thing with Montreal, they've got they've got really good talent. Um, they seem to have some of the best athletes, just one-on-one matchups. Um, they also have great quarterback play and quarterback depth. Um, it's going to be a battle. They're very physical. Uh, they play an aggressive style. They have the biggest, strongest running back in the league uh, up there with Wilder. And ultimately... Uh, I do think it's going to come down in the last three minutes. So stay in your seat, 
uh, that last three minutes, whoever wins the last three minutes, I believe will win the game, and uh, I'm planning on that being us. Would have been good to see you at that Flames game, but I know some of your players, they were in with us in our suite, and then they'd circle around to yours. It looked like maybe it was uh, m- better liquor, more of the top shelf type of stuff in your uh, oh. in your suite than was maybe in ours, because they were very quick to go in, grab some, and then, and then come back and hang with us. So I don't know. I guess you have some pull over there at the Saddle Dome. Well, Huff, Huff was in our suite, so Huff, yeah. Huff yeah. gets things done. I mean, if you want nice stuff, you talk to Huff. So hmm. uh, that was a bad – I know we had kind of had that. Corey had uh, Corey had kind of uh, uh, set that up as a charity uh, auction, and then it got delayed. And, and then the staff, uh, we were taken care of by our guys. And um, let's make it happen again. Let's do it again. Sure, maybe, yeah. maybe we go to a soccer game. Maybe I find something else we can go to there. We'll, we'll find some other event. I'm not going to meet you at the Stamps game. I'm going to go ahead and stay on the sideline and see what I can do down there. But maybe some other sporting event. Well, and if I run India on the field at the Stamps game, I've had too much high-end liquor. <laughs> So you can be sure of that. I'll be getting. Get, maybe you're racing the cow. Yeah, maybe, maybe you're down oh, there. There you go. Yeah, but if you see a fat guy with no shirt on coming at you, it's probably me. And uh, just get security in a hurry. That'll be how we how I'd Keep recommend. Keep your shirt you. on. Yep, there you go. I don't want to see pictures. I do not want to see pictures. Keep your shirt on. <laughs> Dave, awesome to have you back, man. Love our visits every week, and so do the listeners. They've been asking for for weeks now. Is Dave coming back? Glad to have you, and good luck tomorrow. All right. Well, Hopefully get her done, and we'll talk to you then. Get her done. Thanks, Dave. Take care. Yeah, bye. Bye. Dave Dickinson, head coach of the Calgary Stampeders. He is uh, he's the best. It's all that's the best. Full stop. Great guy, great coach, well-respected, and you start going over this team. and I Because, of course, he's talking about Corey. That's Corey Mace. He's yep. now gone to Toronto. With, sure. He's with the Argonauts. You take some players with you. That's generally how that goes. Um but to be able to bring both Bo Levi and Jake Mayer back, Carey back, Begleton, Jordan, Thurman. I mean, losing Sankey's potentially a big loss, but you feel with Cam Judge coming in, those two are going to be able to handle things on the on the interior and your corners are the You're in good shape. I really like the way that this team looks right now. I think right now there's a couple issues with injuries in the secondary, but apart from that, with the continuity they've brought back, like it's one of the keys in how Winnipeg was able to run it back with back-to-back championships. Mm-hmm. They basically brought back the exact same roster and a lot of that on the offense, which same story for the Stampeders this year. Text line, Boomer versus the Cow. Make it happen. That ain't happening. How many yards do you need a head start? How many yards are on the field? 110. Well, give me all of them, <laughs> and then take away two or three. That's how many I'm going to need. I got to say, man, the last couple years... Cow's record's probably 500. Whoa. Are you calling out the cow? I don't want to call out the cow because I can't run. Feels like you're cow calling. But I'm saying, maybe don't give up so many yards. Whoa. Are you guys hearing this in there? This is some bold trash talk. Have you got beef with the cow? I don't have beef. You got cow beef? I got no beef. But I'm just saying, if we were to run it back, look at the numbers. Yeah, all right. He usually lets the military guys win, which I think is part of it. I was going to say, do you think there's part mm-hmm. of them that's kind of... There's the kids that usually being get a good to sport. win. And... Do you own runners? Me? Because I feel like I can make this happen. No. No, 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 no. Like, I know... I, no. We know Dave. Nope. And Dave knows Hoff. Nope. And... I have to work during the games, Boom. 
Well, you can take time. Nope. Uh-uh. It's, early, it's early on in the football no, game. You no, got lots no, of time. No, no. It's, I'm uh, very busy. Yeah, of course. This is like you going to the going to the loo with the phone. So no, busy. I've got. Yeah. I'm working. So I cannot busy. race the cow. We will take a time out here, but it's a quick one. Don't go anywhere. Ben Wagner, the radio play-by-play voice for the Blue Jays on Sportsnet. Another impressive performance from Alec Manoa. Seven and one on the year as the Jays for the second day in a row cruise to victory against Kansas City. We'll get into it when we come back. Sportsnet 960, the fan. You're listening to Boomer in the Morning with Ryan Pinder on Sportsnet 960, the fan. How about this on your radio today? Blue Jays Royals, 12 noon. You're welcome. People are, hey, where's the, are we getting to the Jays? Are we getting the, well, there you go. Flames are done. Western Conference Finals are finished. We got a little time. Let's get some baseball on your radio. Love a little day ball, especially when you do the morning show. Settle in, maybe doze off for an inning. Yeah. Because you get up early, not because of baseballs. Well, it's like I say, you start watching the game, and before long, the game's watching you. That's a great point. Yeah, I like that. I'm going to put that up on my wall. There you go. Live, laugh, love. Our next guest, going to be right in the thick of it. The play-by-play voice of the Toronto Blue Jays, Ben Wagner, joins us. Ben, good morning, man. Thanks for doing this. I know that it's uh, it's a game day, and it's an early start, so uh, we'll get you in, and we'll get you out here and let you get set for the ball game. Um, it's not been... Uh, it's not been a real struggle against the Royals uh, to this point. It's a, a pair of lopsided matches uh, yesterday, seven nothing on the on the back of Alec Manoa, who I do want to talk about. But we're not really we're not really humming and hawing about the offense anymore. I was what are we at? Uh, Thirty three runs in the last four games, which is exactly why you guys won't fall asleep. That's, that's true. That's, yeah, that's the reason right now because you're you're going to be so excited about how. This hot hitting offense is going to roll through KC during your noontime nines. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. my number one goal. Keep you both awake today, okay? Thank you, sir. Uh, yeah. thank- <laughs> Good morning. Good morning, by the way, yes, and thanks for thanks. having me. Absolutely. Uh, you're exactly right. Uh, this is a Blue Jays lineup that looks like the Blue Jays lineup people expected to just roll out of spring training and then rip through this the start of the year. And I know I am guilty. Uh, my colleagues are also guilty of reminding everybody how many games, how difficult the schedule was, looking at it on paper leading into the season, 30 games in 31 days. Uh, the Blue Jays also find themselves in a really tough pocket of play in the amount of games and the amount of days, but the schedule got lighter. And this is the pocket of play you saw. The pitching staffs just aren't the Boston Red Sox, the Houston Astros, the New York Yankees. Uh, Texas had a lot of expectations when the Rangers opened this regular season against the Blue Jays, and they took two out of three against Texas. Uh, Oakland has some big arms. They sold a lot of big arms, but they still had a lot of big arms, and the good guys threw against the Blue Jays. So uh, what I'm saying is the Blue Jays saw more velocity than anybody else in Major League Baseball. The strength of Smith was one or two the entire first month and into the sixth week of the regular season. Not that you can let your head above water and take you know, just things um, easy because it's still the major leagues. Uh, it's very tough, but the Blue Jays beat up on some bad pitching, and they're doing it again in Kansas City, and that's why you're seeing the, the double-digit hits. You're seeing a lot more consistency in the offense, and it's, it comes at a good time, right? It comes at a good time where you wanted to get Teoscar Hernandez and his bat heated up. You want to see 
if somebody else can kind of catch fire, where's Lourdes Goriel Jr. in all of this? He had a flash after a really difficult patch, had a little bit of a flash, kind of cooled off again. Now through KC slash Detroit, you hope that they can get rolling. Well, Santiago Espinal in that uh, group as well. He's had a hell of a June. Well, that, that guy's played like an all-star all year. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's been awesome. Yeah. Uh, Got to talk about Manoa. It's uh, to, We're used to it, right? People that focus on the Blue Jays or have them, if it's their favorite team or here in Canada, we, we know all about Alec Manoa. Uh, but it feels like even though it's early June and, yes, there's a lot of games, but He's if he wasn't already, he's making noise. There's a lot of talk. I'm you see it on social media. Alec Manoa, Cy, it could be Cy Young guy. He was impressive again yesterday. Six innings, six hits, no runs. Uh, what is it? he's? Uh, I was looking this morning. He's gone six or more innings in all but one game. Allowed more than two runs just one time. Sixteen and three on his career. There was no growing pains with Alec Manoa, and it looks like he's getting stronger. You get to watch this guy up for, up close and personal. 6'6", 285. I mean, it doesn't feel like a finesse pitcher, but he can get to you a number of different ways. It's unbelievable. He continues to get better. He's worked on things. It's a fastball-slider combination that you knew would be devastating. It's a developing changeup that kept left-handed hitters off balance last night in Kansas City. And it is, it's incredible to think how good he is and how fast it all has happened for Alec Manoa. Remember going into spring training last year, you knew the prospect list. You were hoping to see Alec Manoa first rounder in 2019, limited innings in the minor leagues, never really got to see him because of 2020 and the pandemic and expectations of, Hey, let's put our eyes on the first rounder. Like we have with Nate Pearson, like we have with Marcus Stroman, like we have with Aaron Sanchez. Let's see what happens. And I remember the day I'm sitting next to Buck Martinez Alec Mayo goes out there against the New York Yankees. Not the A lineup, but this is like a B-plus lineup that Alec Manoa had to face in spring training. And he strikes out seven in a row, and he steps off the mound after that seventh strikeout, and he's still rubbing the baseball between those two bare hands that he's got, just like he's doing right now in the big leagues with all this success. He's essentially the same guy, but a refined repertoire that gets sharper and sharper and more dominant and more dominant. It's incredible. The, the spotlight has not gotten too big for him. There's not been a moment where he looks frazzled outside just being a competitor, and he gets kind of wrapped up in the moment at times. Right? Remember, he was, um, he was scolded and ejected in, in Baltimore, and, and that never phased him. You know, It's not like he had two or three games that were unraveling because of that situation. Like the moment has never gotten too big for a very big man. He has stayed, he has stood tall and dominated and, and he gets stronger. Bottom line is he gets stronger and it's a joy to watch. And he is cementing himself already as a franchise elite pitcher in his first 30 starts. And there's been absolutely no bumps in the road with him outside that little blip where he slipped on the stairs in Buffalo, which seems like it's forgotten because of the all-star break. It actually gave him a blow last year and limited the innings. He's been dominant. Yeah, and you just love that cocky air that he's got about him. We're chatting with Ben Wagner here in uh, in advance of the Royals and Jays, a little uh, day baseball for you on Sportsnet. Matty? Ben, the one guy I wanted to ask about is Alejandro Kirk. Four hits in the victory against the Royals yesterday. He uh, Charlie Montoyo just gushing about him after the contest. What's it like to just be around this guy who's a bit of an enigma? 
Uh, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, he's, you know, he, he's got the personality. He's a fan favorite. He is somebody that you watch on the backfields in spring training. You watch take BP every day. And he's certainly a hitter that understands himself. And he understands at 23 years of age, which is so advanced for where you would expect somebody of that nature to be, making the jump from A ball to the big leagues a couple of years ago. What he has been able to do in commanding the strike zone is, is as impressive as what Alec Manoa is doing on the mound, right? And that's why he deserves every bit of gush that the coaching staff and the organization give to him. And that's the key for me. If you look at where he gets his hits and how he gets his hits, he'll go right back up the middle with the soft stuff because his, his plane on the bat never changes if you try to disrupt it with a pitch. <clears throat> if, it's the, if it's not in the strike zone or it's not in a place where Alejandro Kirk feels like he can get to it, he's not going to swing at it. The one concern, though, that I have – about Alejandro Kirk is now the given situation, much like we had at the start of April. What is the extra workload behind the plate going to do? There's a correlation between Danny Jansen returning off the injured list and Alejandro Kirk getting less pressure in the deep dive and scouting reports and the mental grind of catching every day to a more relaxed and productive Alejandro Kirk when Danny Jansen came back off the I.L. And there's just, I mean, the bottom line is it's less taxing on the body. There is already some concern and management of the workload with Alejandro just to keep his body fresh. I mean, he's a rotund guy, right? They're worried about him breaking down. He's already been on the injured list with missing significant time last summer. They want to avoid all of that because you can see what a, what a healthy, what an uh, a more on par with energy and production Alejandro Kirk can do. And last night was a, was a prime example of that with the four hits. I don't think, I don't think he's going to be a guy that hits 20, 25 home runs every year, but he might hit 10 to 12. And you're going to take that each and every season, especially if the guy's going to hit three or uh, 270. you know? Um, so th- this is something special. This is something that the blue Jays really have in front of them with three catchers in the upper levels with Gabriel Moreno, the top prospect in the organization that's blistering, uh, but still very young at 22 years of age. Danny Jansen, obviously, who is a great signal caller and a great defender behind the plate. And Alejandro Kirk, which the metrics tell us, you know, he can steal strikes and he's a good receiver and he helps his pitching staff. Uh, You just wonder now, and not to get too negative on it, but, you know, you just wonder at this pivotal point in the season where the Blue Jays have got it rolling, that he can stay as fresh and as healthy as possible. Yeah, and and what's the kind of timeline that you're looking at with Danny Jansen for how long you're expecting Alejandro Kirk to maybe carry the load here? Uh, The good news is the break on the pinky, from what I've been told by people in the organization, it's not a fracture, and thankfully there's a pin already in the bone because Jano has had an injury like this before. It's going to not be the, the four to six weeks that usually a break in the hand, the wrist, the arm, not the four to six week window, more like a two week window. They shouldn't know more in 10 days when the swelling subsides. And that will give them a clearer picture uh, on how quickly Danny Jansen can get back on the field and begin baseball activity. I would guess that it's going to be more along the lines of a three week window, a two to three week window versus that four to six, which is great news for the Blue Jays. And lastly, before we let you go, because we got to get you out of here, uh, 
Gabriel Moreno. Fans are going to be. It happens every once in a while. You get that the the prospect down in in AAA or within the system, and then something happens. Well, we got to get him up here. We got to get him up here. How close is Gabby Moreno to being an option? He's close. He's close, and you know we're just only a couple of years removed from saying the same thing about. Boba Shed, Kevin Biggio, and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Remember how that was going in 2018 oh, yeah. and then 2019, and finally they make their debuts. Uh, Gabriel Moreno is 22 years of age. He has less than 1,000 total plate appearances in the minor leagues. And couple that with managing a pitching staff that he's, he's been working with in AAA and, and really, really trying to develop signal calling and rhythm and uh, – just more fluidity behind the plate because when he goes to the big leagues, he's going to play and he's going to have to call the games. And if he moves into the major league situation, let's say yesterday with this opportunity, that's an enormous amount of pressure to put on somebody that's 22 years of age, managing uh, a pitching staff. That's not only more on the veteran side, but the expectations of this ball club is to win the pennant. And right now, then all the blue Jays care about is making the playoffs, chasing the New York Yankees, and not only making the playoffs, but winning the World Series. So you have to be very, very sure when you develop and then try to promote one of your prospects that they're ready for everything that's going to be coming at them. And, and, they, and trust me, the Blue Jays are an organization that has slow played this historically, regardless of the level of the prospect or the need at the time. But in this situation, they're going to look at everything in terms of who the pitcher will be, perhaps in those first couple of days, as Gabriel Moreno needs to get settled in the major leagues. They're going to look at who the opponent is. Does it a home game or a road game really matter? Blue Jays will ponder that and think if that's best for Gabriel Moreno. So there's a lot that has to happen behind the scenes. And this is an organization of philosophy uh, to, yes, slow play it from the outside, but put the player in the best possible position for success. And in that, then, comes to success, hopefully, with the organization and the ball club. So uh, there, there's a lot going on behind the scenes before they pull the trigger here and get Gabby to the big leagues. But uh, the good news is that, I mean, he's, he's special. He's really, really special. The arm is there defensively. I think he can handle life in the major leagues. It's just those other things that he's might not prepared for yet. Uh, and once, once he checks a couple of boxes, I think, I think the, the window of opportunity is not nearly as wide as it was at the start of the year, but it's definitely closed. Ben, appreciate you. Thanks for taking time on a game day. We'll do it again next week. I know you guys will stay alert, awake, and be very excited yeah. for Blue Jays baseball all day today. We'll be listening for at least an Have inning a or one. at least a couple innings. Looking forward to it. Can't wait. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, Ben. Guys. You bet. There he is. Ben Wagner, play-by-play voice of the Blue Jays on Sportsnet. We've got it starting at 12 noon. 11 games over 500, the Blue Jays now? I believe that's right. That sounds that, correct. It's not that long ago I was giving it to Pinder. Oh, was it two, three games? I thought, uh, where's the offense? We're going to be, because, uh, you know, he's a big Jays honk. Big it? honk, yeah, yeah. And if I can do anything to kind of rile him up, that also is a good thing. Why not rattle the cage when you can? You got to see. You want when you go to the zoo. You want to see the animals doing things, right? Did you see that video of the orangutan grabbing that dude yesterday, or the last couple days? Oh my! I mean, are you kidding me? Whoa! This dude is standing outside of the. uh, I believe 
I don't want to, you know, it's a, you got to have the right term time for me to just stop talking. I've said enough over the years. But my thing was, and I forget who it was that we got talking, and I felt like I would be able to out, because they are, they're, they're known as one of the most violent and vicious. Don't they like, they lead the league in kills, human kills, right? Tops in the, in the, the human killing department. I said that I would be able to out-navigate a hippo on land if I had enough space. Because I could, I, could tight, I'm a t- I could turn tight, a tight turner, right? Um, I, so the, the, what I threw out was, get a hippo, go to the zoo, fire, grab one of those guys, fire him over the fence, let's go, bring him down to McMahon, get me out there on the turf, and I'm going to be able to get away from this hippo and he's going to get tired. I don't know what kind of stamina this guy's got. Now, I'm not, listen, I'm not telling you I'm in great shape. But that said, I feel like I'm going to outlast, cardio-wise, a hippo. I don't know if no you one, No one believed me. I don't, I don't believe you for a second. I think you'd be mincemeat moments in. If he wanted to, no, game over. <sighs> Boom, because wanted- they don't need to turn on a dime. He could just body check you, and then you'd be out cold, yeah, but, and he but just... I, before he does that, I'm, I'm oh, going left. Oh, you're doing left. your little shimmy shake? Yeah, I'm, I'm going left. And- it's, it's, a, it's the size of a Prius. He Boom. needs a wide... He needs a go- wide... It's a wide turning radius. <laughs> on land, they run 48 kilometers an hour. Straight line. We'll see. Straight line, maybe. We're not running a, the 100 here. We're... I'm, <sighs> I'm a, in a zigzag pattern. Yeah. <laughs> Them teeth? I think you're over, over, projecting your agility here. Now, if we're if we're in water, oh, game over. No chance. Because I've seen videos where guys are in a boat, and a hippo starts after them, and they're like, and the hippos are like, yeah, the hippos gaining on. No chance. It's like if he has any, if if he really wants us, he's got us. And that's a situation where if he nudges you, you slide in, or he could just, boom. Yeah, it says to zigzag to avoid them and try to well, Yes! <laughs> you're, not, you're not getting... I mean, come on. That's common sense in hippo... You can't outrun a hippo in a straight line, so find a tree, rock, or vehicle to get between you and the hippo. This will help you slow their attack and perhaps help you get to safety... To safely to shelter, run in a zigzag if you can. I've told my kids this, that if you ever get into a spot where you're being chased by a hippo, you've got to go in zigzag patterns. To be an effective hippo dodger, yeah, sure. You've got to left, right, left, left, right. Like you got to be able to be nimble. Yeah, okay. I you just start running in a straight line, trying to outrun a hippo. Like, don't be stupid. Forty-eight k. You're not going to do that. That's not within human ability to run forty-eight k. That's speeding in a playground zone. Going up a tree though, <laughs> they could just knock the tree over too. These things are incredibly yeah, I strong. Like, I feel like he's going to bunt. He'd wait. <laughs> yeah, he'd outweigh you. He'd wait for you. Like, I'm so tired. I'm hungry and thirsty. I got to get out of this tree, but that stupid hippo. They're hungry, hungry hippos. As of 2018, 500 people died from hippopotamus attacks. In the, in, in, what? Like, all time or in 2018? Annual. Career year. Annual. Right? One year. That must have been a contract year for the hippo. Yeah, yeah. Oh, big time. Mosquitoes, way at the top of the list. I'm a UFA this year. I got to go get me some humans. And then it goes snakes, yeah. dogs, an assortment of bugs, crocodiles, and then hippopotamus. Tied with elephants. So well down the list, then. 
Are you talking, these are animals that are responsible for human deaths? Yes. And they come in tied for 11th. So, if you count humans who are second. So bugs? Bugs Mos- are going to kill you before a hippo? Mosquitoes, number one. What? Malaria, man. Yeah, because no, they carry really? disease. Oh, jeez. Snails coming in. Okay, now. They got diseases. What, what, where are you seeing? Where, how? This one says assassin bugs. We're on the prairies. We're not dying because of snails here. Oh, but we're dying because of hippos in the prairies of Alberta. Well, I'm just asking. I don't know. Our hippos are bison. They don't really move that fast. Anyway, get tapeworms. Ooh, they'll get you. Ooh, I don't like the thought of a tapeworm. They'll get you. Ascaris roundworms. Ooh. Kind of the same category, I feel like. Tassiti flies. Assassin bugs. Tsetse flies, yeah. Crocodiles. Oh, they'll death roll you. What? Yeah. What I is can that? See death roll? They grab a hold of you, and then they start to spin like a rolling oh, pin. Oh, jeez. And they take it over and over and over and over and over. They whip you around. And then hippopotamus, yeah. elephants of 500, and then a steep drop off to lions, wolves, and an assortment of other creatures. Sharks. I would say... Sharks way down the list. When it comes to... Again, I'm just judging by what I see on the internet and TV. If, Which is always if you're, true. If you're around elephants, just have some peanuts. Just hold your hand. Hey, ho, hey, whoa, hey, Jumbo. Whoa, 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 Hang whoa, on, Jumbo. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, how about some peanuts? How about some peanuts? Uh, huh? hey. And you win them over. Then yeah. he's your buddy. Then he's lifting you up and put him on on his back, and yeah. you're riding around like rolling a, you up in his trunk. The Jungle Book, you know, the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. I'm riding an elephant. Where'd the bear come from? It's a jungle. They don't live in the jungle. I don't know if it's blue expat. Maybe, yeah. Oh, you mean moved. like Jungle Book? Yeah, yeah. He moved to the jungle. Had to get away. Why'd you have to go there, Dumont? Now I'm gonna. I'm now not I'm gonna confused. be able. To, I've never thought about. It, I'm like, like, why is blue in the jungle? I'm an old dude. I never thought about it. <laughs> why is there a bear in the jungle? What's he doing there? He's a black Every, bear too. Right? Everything else fits in. Snakes. So anyway, tiger, vultures. I've come back around a little bit on it. I was. Uh, I was 100 sure I'd be able to. Uh, to go full uh, hippo dodger. I feel like I'm still 55% confident. McMahon Stadium, Hippo, Boomer, I'm coming out alive. Labor Day weekend, let's set it up. Let's go. Make it happen. You run the cow, I'll dodge the Hippo. What a (laughs) night. What a night. It's basically the same as when you go to Spain and they run the bulls in the streets. Sell tickets, do it for charity. Come on down and watch a real-life hippopotamus eat a grown man. Hungry, hungry hippos. Jeez, I can't tell. Real life. I can't tell which one's the hippo. I'll do the oh, joke. Geez. I'll do the joke for oh, you. Geez. All right? There I'll it is. do the joke for you. Oh, save no. it, texters. Dang. Just save it. Got him. Well, uh, text line. I was in Zambia last summer on a boat tour. They are very sneaky. They pop up where you're not even expecting them. This is the hippos, which is, like, truly, yeah. Incredibly stealthy for a monster animal. I love watching them when they when they open their mouth big. I hate that part when they have the big yawn and their mouth opens like so like wide open. It's awesome. One of my core memories as a child is going to the Calgary Zoo and being in that old exhibit and being at the hippo exhibit and he was right up against it and he yawned. Yeah, tears immediately because I'm like three or four at the time. Well, grow up. What? 
You've seen these things He's melt. He's yawning. What are you, what are you afraid that of? There's three. I could have fit in the whole, well, the you, guy's whole maw. Your parents need to raise you right. Soft. Unbelievable. Crying. Oh. Unreal. Crying at One a One of the most dangerous creatures on. on the face of the planet, and I cry at a little bit of teeth. Was he behind glass? Nope. Oh. What, was nope. he just sitting out there? like? Yeah, you're kind of on the raised platform, so you're oh, like 10 okay. feet. Listen, yeah. if he had got up on his hind legs, I would have been in trouble. Did your parents put you in the... In the cage there with him? Close enough. Michael Jackson dangle you over? No. Did no. you throw a watermelon in his mouth? I've always wanted to do that. I've always wanted to. <laughs> when the hippos you <laughs> hear... Crunch. Who's, who's a good boy? <laughs> oh, hey, who's a good, a good boy? He's a good boy. Here's a little treat. A whole watermelon. And just, foomp, fire it in there and wait for it to explode. <laughs> Pow! Oh, so good. And he'd be happy. And you'd be happy yeah, sharing some so watermelon. Happy. Ah. It's kind of like, uh, you know those little poppers, those little discs, and you'd flip them, and you put them down, and you wait for them to pew, yeah, shoot yeah, up yeah. in the sky? Yeah. It's like that. You flip it, and you just wait. Ooh, well, oh, is he going to do so it? Good. Is he going to do it? I need to go to the zoo. I haven't been to the zoo in a long time. I do love the zoo. Don't you? Oh, heck, I love it there. So good. Found out they just banned smoking. I didn't know it wasn't banned before, but they just banned smoking. What? I didn't zoo. know you could hack a dart while you, you were... There you had what, designated for, smoking areas. For hippos? Maybe. <laughs> So the hippos can't smoke? The hippos can't smoke no more. Hmm. So if you go, they might be upset because some of those guys were at a pack a day and they have to yeah. quit cold turkey. Yeah, now they're mad. So you ever- don't put your hands near the... You'll get orangutanged. Did you ever play Hungry Hungry Hippos as a kid? <laughs> did I ever Everyone play did, Hungry right? Hungry Hippos? You know what? I bet you GVP hasn't played it. GVP? I've definitely played it. Have you? I have, yeah. On a computer? No, I've looked at... Not on a computer. Oh, like okay. On your phone? Yeah. Spamming the thing, you know? That was another one of those things as an only child. Hungry, Hungry Hippo's not a fun, not as not yeah, a compelling game. I believe that. Hey, Mom, want to play? On your mark, get set, go. Cluck, 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 cluck. I win. How many did you get? All of them. Oh, okay. Well, wow. Play again? Really sure, good sounds great. I'm going to be the yellow one this time. Yeah. Uh, people texting in, did you see the, the tiger getting the guy's finger? I don't think I've seen that. Hmm. Good for the tiger. We got tigers at the zoo, right? Yeah, there's a couple. Okay, well, now I got to stay away from the orangutans and the tigers. But you know what I'm going to do? If we're doing this hippo thing, I'm going to go get in this grill. I'm going to plant the seed. You're going to like, oh, you're going to go do a little. Hey, hey, fatty. What's up? Basically, you go stand on the logo at midfield and see how he reacts. Yeah, I'll just kind of do, I'll just do a sideways shuffle. Do a jive? I hear you're a big, bad hippo. Well, you know what? You don't frighten me, fat boy. Just to kind of get him frothing. Yeah. You look like you could have a watermelon. How about this double bird salute instead? Because he may not want to do, like, I'm, I'm, I'm in for it, and I think people, be, it'd be fun to watch. I don't know if the hippo's in for the McMahon Stadium, that whole thing. Oh, yeah. But I figure if him. I start trash talking him. He'll show up. You know, you start yipping at it about his mom and stuff, get him really <laughs> upset. Then he's going to want a piece of me. Glass shatters. Yo, mama. That's right. Good God almighty. My God, it's the hippo. It's the hippo's music. Probably time for a break. Have we got another guest or something? Oh, yeah. I got 15, 20. Oh, sure. Uh, And Anvert coming up in hour three. He's in San Diego. They've got a great zoo in San Diego. Oh. Maybe he'll want to go and bleep talk some hippos today you know what san diego i know don't sportsnet 960 the fan